in working with thousands of women, I kid you not, 99.99%, they don't know what it is that they actually want. Mm. One of our big pillars that's infused in everything we do, it's about being the chooser, not just being chosen. Mm. So really allowing women to remember who they really are and step into that chooser place as they're dating, not going from this place of like, oh, I hope he chooses me. It's like, how do you feel on the date with him? Like, this is about you being the chooser. Really get clear on what it is that you want to feel in the relationship. And the reason I'm starting here is because this is like the roadmap of what's truly important to you. And then even going deeper into what is your unique partnership template. Like what did you, not what your childhood said, not what society says, not what your parents says, because that's when people, when people think dating is exhausting, it's because they're operating from that out of aligned place of what they really want. Hi everyone, welcome back. I have Rebecca Boatman here on the podcast and I'm like so excited. I've been girl crushing on her for like over a year, I think, I, I discovered you on the Wild and Awake podcast with Bridget Nielsen. So since then... She's amazing. Yeah, I've been following following your work, what you've been doing, how you've been empowering women. So um, will you actually start off with um, your a little bit of an introduction to what you do? Um, yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. So I support women in helping them unlock to true love through, you know, our programs, our, you know, digital courses, basically all these different avenues that really allow them to go within and to unlock the gold in their heart and really identify what is their soul's unique partnership template that they came here to hold and to experience because we believe and know that when someone's tapped in and tuned into that, it makes dating so much easier. It makes partnerships so much easier because you're moving from that aligned space. So specifically in dating and love. And then of course that naturally bleeds over into impacting other areas of their life. Cause I can't not right. When you do the, this work, you change and everything in your life seems to shift. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And um, so I, never heard your like full origin story or how you started this work and I would love to kind of dive deeper into that because I know that that plays a big factor into how we um, tune into our life purpose and meaning so um, I, I wonder how you started your journey into because like it's one thing to work on your relationships with effects you know our day-to-day -day, but also to kind of come out in the world and and to be someone who helps other people or other women with this is a completely different shift also. Um, so I wonder how you, yeah, started this journey. Yes. Okay. I love that you're asking me this. It's always fun to say that I was terrible in relationship. <laughs> like so bad hope. Oh my goodness. I was the worst. I, I like, I couldn't share my feelings. First of all, like me sharing my feelings was literally like trying to baptize a cat. <laughs> like, like everything inside me was like, no, like not getting in the water. It's not safe. <laughs> I would like, and I was so bad. I would burn bridges. I would, I would just, I was like this very emotionally unintelligent, angry, but yet still joyful, but just, um, human who does, who desired 
connection and desired partnership and, and also in friendship, right? And mm-hmm. I often found myself feeling hurt in friendship within friendships and like cutting them off and going the other way. And there was like a huge pattern of doing that to so many people who I love and um and then also in relationship, right? If something ticked me off, it was like don't say anything about it. Just turn, like, just say you're done and walk. So a lot of pain. And, um, so with that being said, I then hired a relationship coach and it turned my world upside down Mm. and changed my life. And I'm like, I, I realized I'm like, these things are so simple yet. It's creating this like quantum impact or effect in my life of just allowing me to experience friendships differently, relationships differently. I stopped feeling so lonely. I felt heard. I felt seen. I could, you know, lean in when there was a discomfort and learn how to express myself and express my needs and wants. All these things that I really feel we should be learning in elementary school. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's skills that are so important. And even to this day now, it's like I run my business with one of my best friends now. And I used to believe you couldn't even do that. And, you know, like so many things transformed. And after that, I decided I want to support and continue to spread this, spread this message and help women unlock into love and help them have the tools to create a wildly successful relationship and, and friendships and so basically, to answer your question, I got into this work because it was a huge pain point for me. My my father was married six times from me being zero to 16. So I didn't have a model of what family was, right? Or what like actually communicating and working through hard things was. And um, yeah, so I it, it was... I always feel too with the power and passion that flows through my work consistently. It's like, you know, when you're in your zone of genius and you're like, this is what I came here to do. Cause it's so, it feels so effortless. Um, so I'm also really blessed and grateful to be in that passion zone and that zone of genius. So that's so amazing. Would you say that your ability to tap into your purpose kind of helped you heal all the pain um through relationships and your family dynamics like all of that kind of healed simultaneously as you kind of geared into this path yeah absolutely because naturally when we all when we learn something we want to turn around and, and teach it and that's just how humans are that's how we are and it also helps us deepen in the information too so um on this journey it definitely it it went hand in hand and also it's a consistent invitation for me to stand in the embodiment of the work and there's times when that is not easy but it it it, right as a leader it's like holding that bar consistently that invitation consistently and there are several times where I miss the mark there are still times when I'm like I I don't want to share how I feel because it's scary but I know better, right? I know what I'm supposed to do. So it's also like such a gift in itself too, to continuously stand and, and encourage this work. Yeah, I'm sure some things like some emotions come up when maybe your relationships are not going the way that, you know, is right or wrong or whatever it is. And, and yeah. then to teach, right? That's, that that is a weird space to be, but also to like honor that, embrace that. Um, I think it's huge. And while you were talking, I think um, I, I wondered what was the big pain because um, just before we hit record, we were talking about abandonment issues. And 
uh, you graciously offered um, a uh, advice for a suggestion that told me that I I'm not actually the abandonment, you know, like I'm not, I don't need to identify with that. Right. So I wonder, did you have something uh, a pain that's similar to that, that where you, uh, that propelled you into where you are now? And how did you navigate out of the, you know, (laughs) out of the darkness of where, where you were sitting? Yeah. I love that. Um, so I like specific trigger point or event for me that then created that belief of I'm going to be abandoned that I then healed. Is that your question? Yeah. 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 So in, I mean, there's several, of course, right, growing up or just even even if you didn't have a, a traumatic childhood, like we experienced secondhand trauma through the news and through these different um, outlets that we're constantly receiving. And, you know, in growing up, moving a lot, right? So moving, I've lived in 23 houses before I was 16 years old. I had all these different families and from my dad being married so often. And then in 2014, my mom had remarried. And then um, to my stepdad, Ron, she remarried him when I was five years old and he was my stepdad my whole life, you know, and I lived more with my mom than I lived with my dad, like every Wednesday and every other weekend, but also grew up in that household with my mom and, and Ron. And then 2014, Ron, um, commit suicide. And this was like a, a, you know, a, a, a father to me. So that, and it was also really traumatic before he he died because he um, was given like like certain like you know he had bio, he had already s- suffered with depression and then he had also given him medicine that was new and then that he wasn't used to or you know they're always trying to figure it out but they say that they actually miss they forty nine percent of bipolar people are misdiagnosed um, because with the industry it basically they what they do is they say okay. We need to see a patient every seven minutes in order to keep this trillion dollar industry flowing. And this information that I'm sharing, it's I literally previously dated someone in this space who was one like long time ago, different Rebecca, different lifetime. So I learned so much from him about the industry because he was one of the people profiting off of it. And it was really sad and also insightful and, and bizarre. But basically, it's like, let me see a patient every seven minutes, prescribe them pills. So they get misdiagnosed often. Right. So meant so a lot of bi- a lot of bipolar um, episodes or people end up com- getting in depression and, com- and committing suicide. It's like a thing, right? So I learned about this after the fact. But anyways, it was really traumatic. Before, you know his because he ended up he went crazy. Like thought he was Jesus Christ. Was telling me he was Jesus Christ. Like was a completely different person than the the stepdad I grew up with. So I didn't know. And he also was just being inappropriate at times, but he wasn't himself. This was like three months before he died. And I just cut him off. I was like, I, I couldn't, I didn't want to talk to him. Like he tried coming up to my car and I like rolled my car window up on him. I'm like, I didn't even want to, cause I didn't know how to handle it. Um, and then he shot himself and I, it was, it was, I carried so much shame and so much guilt because I didn't, like he was sick and he tried apologizing to me and I wouldn't even let him come in my room. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you, you know? So I made up this story of I, I'm bad. Like I'm bad. Here's this person I could never hug or see again. You know, (laughs) I can still feel the pain of it. But so of course it's like being close to people and it was, it, I felt like unworthy, you know, cause I felt like I was in my twenties. Okay. okay. I was in my twenties and, and then 
diving and I didn't even realize, of course, when something like that happens, you don't realize the effects of it at the time. And then as you start to do this inner work, this heart work that I'm such a stand for, you really go into those places of like, where, where do I feel like I'm unlovable? And, and you can, you know, you start to see those things that are like lurking in the shadows, yet they're directing your decisions and how you show up. Do you flirt? Do you not flirt? Like, are you open to someone like really seeing you? And if we, when we hold shame, we're not going to be open to someone really, really seeing us. Therefore, we end up repelling the people who are actually really good for us, you know, and, and have, at the time I didn't have an understanding, but now, now that I do, so navigating that looked like sharing it. Like if you would have asked me to share this a while ago, there's no way I could have, right? Because there was so much shame. Now we know that shame, when we share it, we cut the shame by the knees. And I know that I'm not a bad person, you know, because shame says I'm a bad person where guilt is I did something bad. And I was recently asked by Aubrey Marcus to come lead at Fit for Service, which was so powerful. And it was actually the first time I got to share this story. And it was the first time I shared it in front of 125 people on the stage. And and I, it wasn't even to more details. Um, and it was really healing, but it's just an example of how um, a, a part of our journey is sharing, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's with a therapist, whether it's with a coach, but really going into those areas and, and just illuminating light on it. Because when we illuminate light on it, what actually happens is where there was once darkness, it's literally being, light is literally touching it with our consciousness. And that's the only way it can dissolve into the light mm. to then be reorganized into harmony, mm. which then impacts, creates more balance in our body, creates more balance in relationship. So there were many different things on my journey to healing and continuously are, right? I feel like it's the journey of being human. It's like the school that we came here to learn and to master emotions specifically. Um, but definitely a huge um, game changer is the expression of those areas and of those things and with friends and then it be becomes easier and easier and being open to receiving love and learning to really tune your new nervous system um, to receive and give love. So I know I just gave a lot and I can keep going, but I want to ask you to you if there's any other specific uh, questions. Um, I was tearing up when you were, when you were sharing that, cause that's, um, quite a story of, you know, uh, self-transformation and it also gave me an insight into how, and thank you for sharing that. Um, well, really, but yeah, um, as I was listening to your story, um, it was enlightening because I, only you know see you as this like bubbly fairy goddess like so happy and so contagious your energy is so amazing and um that's part of the magic of the work that you're doing um besides you know coaching and guiding women um I've mentioned this to you many times that your energy literally is as you are present in wherever you're going and however you're sharing that is emanating so much empowerment for women and relationships and people in general right so um where was I going with that but yeah thank you for sharing that and uh oh sorry yeah so the the alignment that I saw was that you know and, and I knew that you had a 
you know, history of how you came about. And it's typically from not the most prettiest places. I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that navigated through their life. And it was like, yeah, I had it all good. And then I just started empowering other people. It's completely like the opposite, right? Yeah. Like contrasting experience. And mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, this is something that I never want to be a part of anymore. And also to not repeat the pattern. And that's the journey that I'm on now is like, I, for a long time, never wanted to get married. I, I thought that marriage was not for me. Looking at my mm-hmm. parents' model of like how they showed me and how I grew up, I said, okay, I'm just going to be both men and women. You know, I can do all that men can do and I can be, you know, strong and um, ambitious. So that's why I journeyed into more of a masculine um, in my 20s. Uh, believing that I don't need anybody else I don't need to heal or I don't need to like do anything that normal people do um turns out I was very naive but but yeah to to kind of come back into my feminine space and to honor uh, my my needs and to um, transform that that was huge and also yeah I have you to thank and there are so many so much support right now um in this world so it's beautiful seeing how you've transformed your life and um hearing your hearing your story yeah thank you yeah absolutely love it it's so neat too because it feels like there's a lot of feminine energy that's just coming in on the planet and is looking for places to to like points to be expressed through so it, it makes so much sense that there is so much support and that you're doing also the womb work and it's being asked of the world right now to heal our planet yeah yeah as I dig deeper into the space of like conscious conception and conscious relationships it seems like a well of like knowledge that was already there you know that was already there and it's like guiding us and um I that's why I think relationships are so important and that we honor our needs and so, yeah, um, what was something that while you were journeying um, in, in this space of relationships and navigating your own journey, but also helping others, what was something that you didn't expect that surprised you or caught you off guard? Because um, I know like I, I have those experiences where I'm like, I'm healed. I healed my abandonment. Yeah. I did this like regression work. And then like, I, I saw myself <laughs> as a nine-year-old and like, okay, I'm good to go. And then a year later, same shit happens. And I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I'm stupid (laughs) that I didn't do the work. Um, So I wonder if you had something similar. Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. Um, So learning that, like, you know, I was in a long-term relationship that ended like a year ago. And now I'm also, I have attracted an incredible partner who I've told you about, and he's so amazing. And um, very different than my previous partner. And also my previous partner was amazing. And it's interesting because certain things that would present themselves in my last relationship in doses and other things in high doses, right? Um, in this partnership, I'm noticing those same things come up, right? It's like, even with a different partner, these same things present themselves ah. because it's a Rebecca thing right it's like a mm, it's like okay there's an opportunity to soften here and to let go and to just give your let your ego take a break and and so just knowing that and i will say like in this partnership just the level of adoration that i feel is um just amazing he like adores me everyone my, my friends are like he is just like it's so he you could just feel his how much he just loves me so much you know and 
Um, and that's not the, the, um, there, it's interesting because I, I've heard this a long time ago and now I'm actually starting to believe it and I'll share it with you. I haven't shared it with my audience yet. <laughs> I'm like, how do I put this without it sounding a certain way? But they say having a, ma a partner who's just like a tad bit more obsessed with you and you can feel it. <laughs> and I'm like firmly starting to believe that, right? And but I so I always joke with him. I'm like, you're 60%. I'm 40. Okay. And he like loves it. He's like, okay, babe. He's like, I, and then one, um, one time we were in an argument and he's like being 60 sucks. And he was like, <laughs> serious. <laughs> and then oh God, was, that's so funny. That's exactly how I feel. And I think it's optimal. Yes. And here's my, I have a belief as to why, if you want me to share, I, I don't know that I'm answering your question. So I want to come back to the original right. question too, That's okay. but my belief is like, if you look at, we were hunter and gatherers for a very long time our, and our biology can still sometimes live in that phase, even though it's, we're not in that phase anymore. You know, we're not, we're, we're in a different era, um, or a different, uh, yeah, it's a completely different time. time. So back then we needed a, a man in order to feel safe. They're the protector, the provider. And we would then feel safe and okay, we're not going to get eaten by tigers, lions, tigers, bears. We, we're, we have protection. So it's basically, we wanted to be the one. We wanted to know, okay, I... I'm, there's no, there's no threats. I am the one I'm taking care of. I'm chosen. So that's, a, so that's also why women struggle to date because we get one itis quickly. We don't even know if that we just do the thing. This, so we struggle date to date multiple men where men it's easier, right? They're designed to reproduce. Um, you know, they can continue and spread their sperm. I want to put a pin on that. Cause I have a, I want to ask you about that. Cause I, I don't believe yeah. in that anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yes, please continue. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, when we then now it's like, okay, we know that we're the one. That's why they say like, when a man will say like, if you ever feel, are feeling jealous or insecure, having your man say, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Like just even saying that is so supportive. So I've heard also like Lauren Everhart's who, or I forget how to say her last name, has been married for a long time. And she's said this theory. And I've talked about it behind the scenes with my best friend, Angie. And I'm like, I mean, I'm like, now I look at all my friends in incredible marriages. Like you can kind of see that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be in a 70, 30. <laughs> You're like, maybe that's too much. I'm sure. It was too much. It was too much because he felt unloved. Like he didn't feel like he was, um... it was more like, he was always chasing me and I was like, okay, I'm, I don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, um, that's so cool. I want to talk about monogamy because um, yeah. the whole idea that bothers me quite a bit about this whole hunter, men are out there always procreating and women are sitting at home waiting and, and like this whole idea, it's not that, just like you said, it, it was an era of time meaning our genetic imprint was wired at that time to be a certain way now but that doesn't mean that our origin how we were right like mm -hmm. as divine beings we're not wired to follow what we were following for thousands and thousands of years mm -hmm. so what i have a hard time with is like right now to me certain things about like polyamory and like all of that it doesn't seem right or it doesn't seem like it actually works um the fact that like no one's going out hunting like legit like all the time anymore no one's 
actually in fight or flight anymore the way that we were before so do you see like an opportunity there that we can maybe like shift and maybe that is your work um shift our 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 our, um primal instincts yeah Yeah. so we help women really get familiar with one-itis right of knowing and staying open and ha- and supporting them and deleting the programmings of guilt when they date multiple men mm-hmm. and i'm not saying they're sleeping with men but they're dating right dating is about getting to know is this like a potential partner for me so we support them in deleting that because a lot of times women are like i feel guilty i feel like you know all this stuff will come up that's old you know from you know different maybe ancestral who knows but it's like no, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not bad, you know, so supporting with that. And then I, I agree with what you're saying, right, um, about our sovereignty and who we truly are at our core. The theory is that it's like our biology lived during that time the longest, right, just 10,000 years versus other times wasn't, wasn't as long. So that's where our, we, our biology is catching up to this more sovereign way of living and being and equality. Yeah. Um. So absolutely we 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 support women with that as well and being the our big one of our big pillars that's infused in everything we do it's about being the chooser not just being chosen Mm. so really allowing women to remember who they really are and step into that chooser place as they're dating not going from this place of like oh i hope he chooses me it's like how do you feel on the date with him like this is about you being the chooser it's definitely easier said than done because yeah, once you are claiming that and owning your uh, energy, you're like, yes, I am going to choose. But then it's so easy to like fall right back into a space of like, oh, I hope he like chooses me. <laughs> um, we were talking about how, yeah, women tend to get like one, one-itis, one-itis, yeah. and how you help women sort of navigate through that. So what does that look like when you because women probably come to you and they're like, I think he's the one. We have this ultimate soul divine connection. He's my twin flame. And uh, I cannot, yeah. you know, we have a contract. <laughs> so what do you say to women that is just like, so like, sure that this is it, you know? And maybe it's not, maybe it is, but yeah. Yeah. Or a lot of like the psychic said. Um, so... <laughs> I always say this is what we first support women with, which we do inside our Manifestor Evolved Man course, is really get clear on what it is that you want to feel in the relationship. And the reason I'm starting here is because this is like the roadmap of what's truly important to you. And then even going deeper into what is your unique partnership template. Like what did you, not what your childhood said, not what society says, not what your parents says, because that's when people, when people think dating is exhausting, it's because they're operating from that out of aligned place of what they really want. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course there's that, as you date, there is that where you're like, oh my gosh, I, this guy's amazing. I, <laughs> I'm already thinking of our life together. Like, whoa, you know, which ha- happens. So what we do to support women is you can feel excited about that and you can totally, we want like, let's fan that excitement and point it back at the vision. Mm -hmm. This may or may not be your person or, you know, your partner because only more experience, only dating more will tell, will tell you that. Right. Mm -hmm. For example, is how is he showing up for you what is the experience like is he attentive is he thoughtful is he mirroring the level of interest Mm. 
because we also want to be really mindful of um, trauma bonds, right? If someone trauma bond, meaning like, oh, you can be so attracted to them, but it's actually your, it's actually a trauma attachment to the familiar yeah. feelings of what you're used to. So then it's, it's coming back to the vision, staying open while also dating other men, mm-hmm. right? While also staying open and rather than just what I used to do and I, I watch my clients um, go through this and then break this pattern is like, oh, I'm really into Sam, so I'm going to keep Friday night open, hoping that he hits me up, and then, and then if they, he doesn't, I'm feeling sad, I'm like, oh, you could have, you know, but you didn't say yes to this new date, because you, you were hoping to hear from Sam, so just really nipping that, I used to say nipping that in the butt, and my, <laughs> one of our support coaches was like, it's nipping in the butt, I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, just until now. <laughs> she was always correcting me on stuff like that, and I'm like, I'm already insecure about my spelling and pronunciation. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, vision, knowing your unique template and then also dating, you'll let yourself be excited, feel that excitement, continue to be excited about the vision and not putting the, not letting, um, the excitement about that person be outcome dependent, right? So it's comes back to vision and being open to that possibility while, um, leaning back focusing on the experience. How is he showing up? What, you know, how do I feel around him? How does my soul feel around him? And then looking at at all of these different factors as we move forward. Mm. So would you say, what if someone already got into a relationship with this person? You know, if, if you got into a relationship, but it's never going to be perfect. I don't see it as, as a thing where you like enter into a relationship and you're like, you checked all the boxes that I had initially. And people don't typically think about like, you know, compatibility. I know that's a huge thing that must be sort of sorted out in the beginning, but a lot of the times you just kind of don't know, like you don't know if you're compatible or not, or not until you really interact with this person on a very like intimate and close level. So what would happen if you are already kind of in a relationship and you don't have like the opportunity to be like, well, let me see what else is out there suddenly. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. 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 So you're, so you're asking um, if someone's already in a relationship and they're unsure about compatibility, what to do then? Yeah. So let's say, um, like you said, uh, one itis caused you to be in a relationship already, right? You're yeah. in a relationship. But there's also maybe opportunities to like heal with the other person. Yeah. And maybe I've been, or maybe that lady or person has been a little bit too masculine in their energy or, yeah. or there's other opportunities to, to heal rather than to like dismiss the relationship altogether. Cause yeah. Does that I make love- Yeah. I, I mean, it's always going to be a case by case basis, but right. I would say just, one example, you know, you can give yourself permission to say, hey, like, I like you and I'm interested in you and I'm not ready to be in an exclusive relationship. Okay. I understand that I said I was and now when I'm being really honest with myself, oh, that's wow. not the case. So you all, even with anything that we share, if we realize we were being out of integrity for whatever reason, right. and also we're like, hey, that's not actually true for me. We always have permission to say, hey, like, I, and it, it starting with acknowledging, I, I acknowledge that I said this and I apologize. Um, because, and what's really true for me is this, wow. and yeah, we always have that permission, especially as females and being people pleasers, <laughs> yeah. right? Like we, we tend to people please. And, really? and so full permission to, to, um, reel it back and to be wow. authentic and honest. And that's the queen in you. That's the queen archetype that lives in this energetic field. 
she is here and you can activate her and embody her and she's very honest and, and loving and powerful in that and there's so much more freedom and in, in working with her and being her. Mm, that's so powerful. That's so powerful that we can change our minds and that we're not blamed for it or, or that we don't feel guilt for doing that because it's honestly you're you're tapping into helping that other person too, right? You don't want to be in a space of like not being honest with where you're at. And we're constantly shifting and changing um, at all times. So it's, I know it gets a little bit complicated when you do have children, like, and you're in a marriage yeah. or something, right? It's a little bit different, but yeah. in, in terms of that. So then, then would you say that, um, ha I know women have a hard time with the whole idea of like pleasing men and sort of getting intimate very quick and this is my work why I do uh, contra contra eh, contra contra <laughs> conscious conception and um, preparing the womb for for your babies and creating families and all of that um so how do you coach women or how do you um yeah, how do you coach women to navigate this space of like becoming sexually intimate? I know I kind of know already, but I, I do want to kind of touch on that because I know that's very important, right? For what we're talking about compatibility. And yeah, yeah. You know what? Remind me, there's a book I want to tell you about that's literally, it's about conscious conception. It's not called that. I mean, they don't use that word, but it's very similar teachings in terms of um, literally how the mother should be living practically in a garden of Eden while she's pregnant, before she's pregnant. And it's such a, I'm looking at, I think the book's right there. It's Oh, you have right it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to write a note on this. Yeah. My, my dad studied with a master in the South of France. It's like one of the masters from the great white brotherhood. And wow. yeah. And, the, and the, so I have his books from my Nana, but you can order some of them online. They have a pub that they're on publishing company. And I was so blessed to go visit this ashram. My dog, sorry. Jonah, she's like crying at the door. I don't know if you can hear him. Do you care if I let oh, him in? Like, like, let, do you want to let him in? Yeah, is it okay? He's like happy. Oh, <laughs> come on in. Hi. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll come in. Say hi. Come Say hi. Say hi. Oh, I love he just, dogs. He just gets right here. Well, you can see his little nose. He's <laughs> crying. Hi, cutie. No, it's my baby. No, you, you said um, someone was babysitting him? Oh, no. no, no, no. He was downstairs hanging out, but he has his girlfriend. He has a girlfriend named oh, Chloe. Okay. He's coming over at two <laughs> to play with him in the backyard. They met wow. at a cafe and like hit it off. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his okay. relationship is down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, she's, she's sweet. She's a big dog too, and he usually doesn't like big dogs, so Aww. it's good. Um, I'm trying to remember what your question was about the book you were. Oh yes, okay, the book. Yes, I'm going. I'll send you the uh, the the title or the author's Omra Mikael Ivanhoff. Okay, okay, I'm gonna text you. Okay, cool. And coming back to your question about um being sexual and relationships. So here's the thing. I used to say, wait, I used to just make it a flat out rule. Like you need to wait. I always say now, I'm like, it's, there's no one formula fits all. Being in this work as long as I have, I've seen it all. Now the formula that does stay the same is flirting, dating, courting, commitment, right? 
Now, whether that's done in 24 hours or whether that's done over a year, it's just, I've seen it all. And what I recommend, if this is not like a, an end all be all, but what I recommend is waiting to be physically intimate until you are in an exclusive relationship. Mm. Because when there's a, there, there's a common pattern that happens where women will move into physical intimacy quickly in order to create um, a level of intimacy in an attempt to feel closeness while skipping over, you know, the emotional, emotional intimacy, you know, mental intimacy, um, connecting on these different levels. So when you wait, it also allows for you to get to know each other emotionally, it allows for you to get to know each other mentally, see if there's attraction there, and then moving into uh, physical intimacy. And also, um, men are attracted, right? They're, they're, they can think they're in love with a girl, or a woman and then sleep with them and realize that he didn't get to know her emotionally and mentally and then he's on the outs because that's not where he's at or who who knows what. So that's why women get so confused. They're like, oh, he was so in love with me, what happened, right? Because he was, he really believed it. So it just also supports you and it really sets you up to win as you go out and date. And when you are physically intimate with someone, a bunch of oxytocin is released, which oxytocin is the bonding agent, and you no longer are seeing that person objectively. So it allows you to also see that individual objectively. It just really sets you up to win. So where I'm an advocate of that to just support you and seeing people clearly. And, um, and it's nothing, I mean, we're all sexual beings. There's nothing against being sexual. Like, well, let's just drop that, you know? It, so it's allowing you to really um, set yourself up to win. Hmm. So you, you would say case by case, feel it out and see um, where am I at? Am I actually connecting with them mentally, physically, or I'm sorry, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, am I connecting with them and see it in all vantage points? And maybe like that, that's how I navigate. I'm like, I have a different um, experience because I claim like I'm never, ever getting involved with anybody until uh, they are my, you know, my man, uh, who's going to be my, um, the father of my children, my future children. And, um, I also like kind of connect with, um spirit babies <laughs> yeah before before bringing them in and um that's been very interesting because a lot of babies are wanting to come through um and have this physical experience but um so yeah that book would be really great and it's interesting that it's yeah uh, I'm going I'm going sideways a little bit but yeah so the physical intimacy part is definitely a challenge because like once you are fully intimate with someone especially the pair bonding aspect of it, women tend to feel like they lost something or that they feel a little distraught when the men pulls away. So let's kind of go into the pulling away and space in relationships. Um, like how, because I know like there's, there's this grand theory that men are naturally wired to pull away, you know, to, to create space within a relationship whether that's like the, them feeling like they already have you in a way and then them like creating that space and like going off on their own, doing their own business. So have you, have you seen anything, any, anything uh, there where you noticed or how women should navigate through that space of 
suddenly like the dynamic kind of changes where the man is pulling away and then the woman is like okay like where are you going <laughs> I thought we were uh-huh. Yeah, I think it can go either way. Right? It could be the, the man or the woman. Um, and it, it's interesting because it it would depend on the also the stage and the phase of the relationship. If you, in a secure relationship, your partner, when either one pulls away, there may be feelings that present themselves to work through. However, there's like a, like a baseline of like, I trust that everything's fine, right? It's like... Um, so that would be different than a relationship where there was a, it was maybe eroded or a lot of, you know, it was a very tumultuous or unsafe relationship. So that's also relationship based. And then there's dating based, right? Like, oh, I went on three dates and now I'm no longer hearing from this person. So which one? So I can speak into. Oh, yeah. That, so one? I mean, I mean, more like when you are kind of in a relationship with one person and, um, this idea that men need space and that they have claimed their women and then they kind of do their own thing and they leave like it's not as you know um as as lovey-dovey or or um does that make sense like when when you start like the honeymoon stops maybe they're stopped being affectionate or something changes yeah and then they kind of just like believe that you're always going to be there at home and then you Mm. they, they kind of leave to do their do their stuff that's kind of what i mean yeah so great, great question. I've actually never been asked this and I, I have a great, I think an answer that will serve anyone who needs support on this. Um, my business partner and best friend, Chelsea Rose, right? We run the feminine way to ravishing love together. It's our high touch program um, where women come in, meet their men and we support them. And she's been married for eight years and their, their affection and love and respect for each other only grows over time. Meaning it's only gotten, it's only increased. So a big part of what we also teach is it's a myth to believe and think that it's, it's going to do the opposite, that there's not going to be as much chemistry that, you know, you're going to become like siblings, like all of those things are, are a myth and you can have a relationship that only deepens in passion and intimacy and love and care. And she's like also the living embodiment of that, which I feel, and she's a freaking amazing coach. So I feel so blessed to have her as a best friend and also to work with her. Um, and with that, say you are in a partnership and the, the partner is pulling away and they're, they're not as present having the tools to communicate as well. So just saying, Hey, like I'm noticing this, is there something that's going on that you want to express with me or really also being a safe space and having that type of level of um, respect and, and the ability to experience the truth serum is really important in relationships. So that way you can get to the heart of things. And then also, uh, like I shared with you before we jumped, we started recording, which I think would be good to share now. And I know some people are probably listening to audio, some are on video, but I'm basically holding my fist up and I'm putting my hand on top of it. So there's some people that want to be in a relationship like this. There's others that just want to circle close to the fist. And there's others that want to go like in and out, like pulling close connection and then out here. And then some people that want to come all the way out here. And knowing that what this also is, is we hold in us the desire to connect and the desire to experience freedom Mm -hmm. these are opposing yet we we desire both of them so it's like how do we hold and nurture these simultaneously while our partner has maybe a different or a similar operating system so i always call it my human too i'm like my human this body is wanting this 
and vice versa. You kind of makes it funny and, and um, less of a trigger point. Right. Um, so if someone's pulling away um, and you've been together for a long time and all of a sudden you're feeling, you know, not as close or there's things that's really going to be about communication and uh, stating what it is that you need of like, I would love for my face to be pet every morning. Or I would like, you know, but like that specific, because I'm in working with thousands of women, I kid you not, 99.99%, they don't know what it is that they actually want. Mm. So I'm like, you need to put it in words so you can express to your partner what it is that you're needing, you know? And then also having purpose. Like, what is it? Because that's a huge thing that I find. When you when you know what your unique soul's purpose is and you're living that out, you're no longer really, if he's pulling, whatever's going on with him, it's you're, not all your energy is going to that problem because you're, you're in your purpose. And then it's interesting how that tends to fade away and also supports the relationship. So um, I, 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 would, I would definitely... If and when this happens, I like to ask a bunch of questions to the, you know, to understand deeper of what's going on to support the person who's experiencing this because it can be a number of different things. But these are just a few examples of what I've seen and what helps. Wow, that was so beautiful. I'm so glad you touched on the life purpose aspect because women and we were talking about one itis it tends to happen when we have too much space in our lives and, and then our focus is like this man is my project now like I'm going to connect with this person that is right. my goal and like my life purpose and it's very easy I think it comes from like a really innocent place but it also sets us up for failure because if you don't have something that you're putting in your energy for your own self, right? And I think that's what our mothers went through or um, a lot a lot of the women that um, might have tough relationships. It's when we kind of lose touch with ourselves, right? And I think it's always calling back ourselves back to our bodies and our ourselves and our life, um, which is really important. And I love that you touched on that. And um, yeah. And also, uh, there was another question that that had come through while you were talking. But what about connection and freedom. Oh, freedom! Yeah, I'm also glad you talked about freedom because I okay. So this is what I'm noticing as I heal, and I wonder if you notice this as well. As I heal my my wound and whatever that I I had before uh, with the abandonment issues, I'm noticing that I don't need as much of like that entanglement, like, you know, I, I used to, you know, the high school love where you feel like you're attached to the other person, which yeah. it, you know, can feel really lovely, but it also is not sustainable and quite, you know, it's not, it's very sticky. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm finding that like my space is very important. Um, did you have an experience uh, or do you see that when women that you work with as well, where they start to heal and they don't need as much like, Hey, I love you. Like that kind of attention absolutely when as we start to heal and and um really come into ourselves or come into our center or remember who we really are what naturally happens is all all bonds around you actually break and they they break and then they either reform on a bet on a different level and different relationship because a, a relationship is related to who you're being right that's what a relationship is and when you become, you're being someone different, those bonds, those, those cords actually 
break, sever, and then they either reform or they fall away, mm. right? Because you're, you've shifted, you've changed, and then what your desires, your needs are up-leveled into what's um, up-leveled in, in terms of it, um, what it is that you really want and need that's actually supporting you and creating a life of fulfillment and a relationship of fulfillment versus wounded, toxic XYZ. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And so do you believe that like we can heal within the relationship? Let's say like if you felt like the dynamic was a little bit toxic, do you believe that two people can become conscious and work around that by communicating and sort of evolving together? Yes, I think both people get to decide that they're ready to have a conscious relationship. Um, when one does, and if the other doesn't, it's like the other one's just going to get more riled up because they're no longer having, no longer able to source, in air quotes, where they think they could source their power and love from. So it's only going to disturb those entities almost to heighten their desires for that, to, um, in clinginess. And so either then the relationship would end or they both are on that journey of like, we're committed to our sovereignty. We're committed to sourcing, really sourcing the, our power and love from within and then co-creating a beautiful relationship together. And that's the work that you're doing is encouraging women to enter into relationships with evolved men, right? So yeah. I think that's beautiful. And so one last question before I let you go. Um, so what about communication? What do you suggest like, because some people need a little time before they enter into a conversation about how to improve, you know, their relationships or what they need to communicate. They need a little space. Some people want to do it right away. They just want to like figure it out on the spot. Let's deal with this right now. Even if you're like, you're, you know, you're steaming <laughs> a little bit. And yeah. So what do you think is like an optimal way to communicate all these things that like come up in a relationship or even, you know, when you're dating really? Yeah. So um, in relationship communication is it is a skill it is an art it's also a part of what we came here to learn so I think number one being so graceful and compassionate with yourself right we have this these different energy channels these different um or energy centers right we could because I know when I say chakras or channels I can throw some people off it could also throw me off when I've heard that so these different energy centers with energy flowing and then as we speak it out loud we're putting we're putting words to that and then we're learning how to create balance in ourselves create balance in partnership and it's just this lifelong journey just to like kind of pull it out and paint the big picture to allow for so much room for even mistakes you know like missing the mark and then coming back and saying okay like i get to recommit i get to communicate that again and wow i'm so nervous to communicate this and literally there's been times where i like feel like my whole throat is like clo closed off like yeah. it's very different for me now like i could like it's very different and i share that as like in in inspiration to anyone who feels like they really struggle to communicate their needs they really struggle to express themselves like you can have a 180 transformation and in that you're literally i believe unblocking from generational trauma wow. so it's like this cool gift to unlock and to be in the experience of and it's not always comfortable and that's where bravery comes in that's why our brand is called the brave movement because bravery is required to to communicate in new ways to show up to let your heart be seen to do all of these things um so 
number one, um, I sorry, maybe I already said number one, number 62, but <laughs> just a, becoming a really good listener is also very powerful. Like really learning how to listen to the heart of what someone is saying um, versus just what their what the words are. So listening to the words and then also listening to like, what's the deeper thing? Like what's coming, what's going on right here? That's a great skill to have in, in partnership. And then also knowing how to make requests of knowing what you want. And a big thing that we teach um, is the Grammy Sammy, where it's like gratitude, request or desire, gratitude. Because what the gratitude does is it allows for the heart opening to happen. And then the request is truly heard versus when, you know, people come out like do this, do that, or it's just, it doesn't land. Right. So when we want it to land, it's like, how can I, how can I drop into a place of deep appreciation for this person and let that be felt and let that be authentic because then there, then there's an opening between both of us and I can express what's important to me and it's going to get through to the other person and wrap it in gratitude. So those are a few things. Um, there's so much, like so many things I'm going to about even with conflict and, and, you know, different things and how to navigate and communication. So I love your question. It's a big question. And these are the few things that come to mind that I've seen just really make a difference. I love, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the gratitude part. Cause I know that women have a hard time requesting what they need. Um, and, it, and I struggle with this as well. Just like, just straight up saying, this is what I need from you, or this is what I want. And it's so hard. I don't know what it is about it. Like we're so hardwired to think or soft wired, I guess, to think that we shouldn't, we really shouldn't say what we need and want. But that's like really the beginning of everything, right? Like if you don't know what we want and we can't say it, and if we do know what we want and can't say it, there's really no beauty in that. And there's no opportunities being opened if we're not expressing ourselves in the most genuine and authentic way. So I love that. And yeah, so I wonder what is your next like, you know, venture? Um, what do you see for this world? And what is your vision like for for uh the next um part or not next part but like the future journey that yeah. you're, you're navigating through i just love your questions hope um that's so awesome so i am obsessed with supporting people and understanding the quantum power of their heart when we do the energetic work right? When we do the inner work and I used to hate the word inner. I'm like, it feels so like not tangible and hard, but once you actually start it, it's like, this is amazing. You know, it's like, you just, you like finally get on the, on the, on the roller coaster or the ride. And then it's like, Oh, this is so cool. So I'm creating something called the frequency challenge portal. And it's basically where you, there's all of these different challenges for different topics where you come in and you're like, I get to like, I'm ready to access connection or power or whatever that edge is for you where you get to access bravery and you get to do the the heart work and then also actually apply it into the real world because that's where we see um the results that's where we see people quantum leap into the life that it is that they want to experience so i'm so freaking excited about this it's been like it's felt it's been the strong energy that's just been pouring through me to come to life so it's really starting to play like supporting people and and having the structure to um play with 
what's possible for them as they tune their frequency to what their soul's template is desiring to, to bring to life. Um, so that will go live this year, which is really, really wow. cool. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. That sounds really amazing. It's kind of like what your Instagram feed is like also is, you know, all these like different situations and areas in your life of relationships and you kind of look at it. That's yeah, I found that very helpful. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited for what's to come. And obviously, I really appreciate all that you do. You are such a ball of like amazing energy that we really truly need in this world right now. And yeah, I, I'm just, there's so much gratitude uh, for having you here. Thank you so much for taking the time with me. Absolutely, Hope. Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun and you're amazing. You just love your energy too. <laughs> this is that I feel so blessed that we've gotten to do like two lives together and do this <laughs> podcast. And I, I'm excited to see what you continue to create and the woman that you serve. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm going to end the podcast here. Awesome.